Welcome to OpenHive.js, the podcast for all things JavaScript. We're your hosts, James Snell and Matteo Kalina. WebRTC is not a single technology that you can use to make your product. It's a set of technologies. WebRTC is a media gateway, okay, used to send and receive, for example, audio and video media. But you have to use a signaling protocol to have a negotiation. For this episode, we're sitting down with Alessandro Polidori, Senior Software Engineer at Nethesis and a conference speaker. Alessandro talks to us about open source and Node.js, specifically his experience using Node to control voice over IP communications. One advantage is that your customer can call inner into the company and outside, and you can use more phones than the physical lines that you have to, to use for phone calls. So PBX fundamentally is used to have a phone switchboard system. Let's get into it. This is OpenHive.js from Nearform. Welcome to OpenHive.js, our podcast on all things JavaScript with near-form guests. I am Matteo Collina, and I'm joined today by my colleague James Snell and our guest, Alessandro Polidori, for a chat about his experience controlling Asterix and VoIP communication with Node.js. Welcome, Alessandro. Hi. First of all, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have this podcast with you. Hi, I'm Alessandro Polidori. I can introduce myself. And I'm a senior software engineer working in Netesis, which is an Italian open source company. I've been involved in Node.js since about uh, 2011, designing, developing, and maintaining a lot of Node.js code, basically controlling voice over IP communications through Node.js, JavaScript, and WebRTC, and generally speaking, uh, web technologies. I've spoken at some conferences around Europe and the US, speaking about JavaScript, Node, and WebRTC, and uh, I do it whenever I can because... It's very funny and you can meet a lot of people in tech world, but not only. In my free time, I'm a sport and travel lover. So thank you for having me. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for joining us, Alessandro. Great. So um, let's go, let's jump immediately into it. You are working, you have spending the last, you know, few years working on Node.js on a lot of very interesting technologies, um, especially on the vo voice over IP space. Uh, it's not normally a field where you see Node.js being used a lot, or maybe it's just me. I, I've never played with it, with, with Node and that stuff. What is Asterix and PBX and Voice over IP and all those acronyms, which, you know, some some of our listeners might not know about? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a little bit a niche of uh, technologies, but... Uh, uh, we can we use it uh, every every days in uh, all kind of communications from uh, from our cell phones to usual video conferencing system into integrated into web applications. So, generally speaking, uh, what is a PBX? PBX uh, is an acronym for Private Branch Exchange, and you can uh, use it into your company or organization of any size to have um, phone calls, uh, simply speaking, phone calls inner into your company or uh, externally, for example, calling your um, cell phone of your friend. One advantage is that uh, uh, your customer can call inner into the company and outside, and um, you can um, use 
more phones than the physical lines that you have to, to use for phone calls. So PBX fundamentally is used to have a phone switchboard system. Some introduction about it, because uh, at our company where I work, that is uh, Netesis, we have developed a phone switchboard system called uh, NetVoice, which is based on two different, very famous open source projects that are uh, Asterisk and the FreePBX. Okay? In the um, communication fields, there are um, some, some different PBX software, but Asterisk is the, I think, is the most famous one. So uh, it, it was born at about uh, in uh, 1999 by Mark Spencer and uh, recently has been acquired by Sangoma Corporation. And uh, with it, uh, you can, it, it's, a, it's a framework, it's an open source framework for building communication application. And more in general, you can make NEP, PBX, VoIP gateways, conference system, and so on. And uh, it's an implementation of a PBX. And um, with it, we use also FreePBX, that is another open source project, uh, very famous, and uh, that, uh, that is a user interface to manage the asterisk functionalities, okay? To simplify them, because with it, you have a web interface to configure all the, all the stuff, phone extensions, queues, uh, trunks, uh, and so on. Sorry, wait, wait, what is yeah. a trunk, a fuse? What are <laughs> Okay, a trunk is an abstraction used um, to, to make an external call, external uh, of your company, because you can make a free call between extension and with the word extension, uh, I intend uh, a phone, simply a phone. Uh, so you can make a free call uh, within your company, but uh, if you wanted to call external number using PSDN network, that is uh, uh, the traditional network that you use when uh, you make a call uh, uh, to a cell phone, for example. In this case, you, you need a trunk. A trunk is a line, is a sort of line to make uh, external call, external from your company and uh, to reach uh, GSM uh, phones, okay, uh, fixed phone or cell phone. So um, I've heard a lot of time talking, like I've been a few, uh, working on a few projects about this, uh, about, uh, um, you know, voice over IP. And they, a lot of those, they call this type of technology like a soft phone. Yeah. Is that related? Is that the same thing? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's included. It uses uh, uh, different kinds of technologies but uh, it uh, belongs to, to this field. For example, in, our, in one of our products called NetCTI, that is a computer telephone integration, and that I think that uh, it's interesting for this podcast, um, I developed also a soft phone, as you said, directly integrated into the client web application. So with it, with the soft phone, you can make audio and video phone calls to whatever destination you want, as you make with a physical phone. But with it, you can completely abandon the physical phone. So also to, to, to spend less money on it, uh, to have less physical devices. And um, usually today to implement a soft phone, you can use uh, WebRTC technologies, okay? How does it work? 
with the WebRTC to your server? Yeah, there are different techniques, but for example, at the beginning in our product, we uh, developed the software that connects directly to the Asterisk PBX server because Asterisk provides a WebRTC communication support. So you can uh, directly connect uh, to it and uh, simply using the SIP protocol, you can originate new call, you can answer to it, you can transfer, recording, parking, and whatever else. The, so, all of this is, so you're doing all of that in JavaScript from, from a browser? Yeah, yeah, browser. absolutely. Is using there any uh, open source libraries that you have been using for this? Yeah. At the beginning, we used uh, SIPML5, that is a complete JavaScript library, 100%. But today is not even developed anymore. So it's a little bit old and not maintained. But today there are um, two uh, different libraries, um, J JavaScript libraries that is called the JSSIP and the SIPJS that are very, very interesting and simple to use. And uh, more technically uh, speaking, this library uh, implements the SIP protocol because with WebRTC, WebRTC is not a single, a single technology that you can use to make your product. It's a set of technologies to make uh, some product, okay? But uh, WebRTC technologies include different kinds of protocols. So WebRTC is a media gateway, okay? Used to send and receive, for example, audio and video media. But you have to use a signaling protocol, uh, usually made through a signaling server, to exchange, um, to have a negotiation of, this, of the media session before you can start it. Okay? And uh, for the signaling protocol, typically is used super protocol because you already use it. But uh, uh, you can implement whatever protocol you want, for example, using also WebSocket communication. But C protocol is the most standard one and uh, is used everywhere. So CPML5, SCJS, JSCP implement C protocol. And so when you can make a new phone call, some signals are exchanged between um, involved parties, between the client and server, to negotiate all the media devices that you, you go to use and then to exchange some signaling to start the conversation and to maintain it, also to, to end up. Wow. So essentially you're running like, you know, the last time I thought I, I was checking out SIP was like maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. And it was like, you know, it was all very complicated. You didn't really yeah. run it on the web and, uh, you know, you needed to run it on a client. You had those quirky clients that you needed to install on your machine <laughs> and connect with it. It also felt very, very weird. It's and, true, it's true. and right now it's, you can all do this via JavaScript and, and on the web, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not so easy, but also not very complicated. Some years ago, uh, you, you had uh, more problems than, uh, than today compared to today. Also because WebRTC technologies is not a standard yet. Right. So, um, for example, I, I think that is um, in the W3C 
recommendation and the last update uh, was about uh, December 2019, I think. And uh, so the things are changing very frequently. And uh, I think that the most, um, the most difficult uh, thing to do today is to remain updated with the specification because uh, it can happen very frequently, uh, browser updates in, uh, in the sector of WebRTC. So some things can uh, suddenly broke and uh, you have uh, to repair in a very fast way. So, for example, during the development, I use every day uh, the development version of Chrome and the Firefox to anticipate the problems that can arise. So I think that the most difficult thing today is that, to remain updated with the changes. But uh, 2020 could be the, the, the right year to reach the standard uh, status for the specification. I hope. <laughs> wow. So, you know, we have talked about the browser and we have talked about SIP.js, uh, uh, which looks really great, to be honest. So uh, just to recap, we are running uh, Asterix on the server that is connected to some main line. It's, you know, it's a box that yeah. you, you with the trunk. Okay. And yeah. then you have Asterix running there. You have nodes. Uh, you you have the, the you you have your browser and your application running on the browsers that connects via using SIPJS and WebRTC to Asterix, and then you can make phone calls. Yeah, right. Absolutely true. Where does Node.js play its part? Okay, Node.js in this kind of thing uh, play a very very important role because. Um, we have adopted it uh, since the beginning, uh, uh, since uh, 2011, when uh, uh, Node.js was born. So uh, Node.js uh, is used in the backend. The backend is being written completely in Node.js in a modular way. Uh, of course, at the beginning, it was a modular application, but uh, it was a bad thing. So during the years, we have written it completely in a, in a very modular manner. And so, uh, simply speaking, uh, Node.js comes into play to offer all the phone switchboard functionalities to the end user by using the client web application because uh, the product is a computer telephone integration which brings to the end user of the phone switchboard functionalities through a web, through a, through a web uh, interface, sorry. So Node.js is in the server and it connects to the asterisk PBX. For what? Node.js connects to the asterisk PBX to send some commands to it and to receive a huge of events. Some commands is sent to, for example, to, to originate a new call, okay? Because, and, and you can receive a huge of events, for example, for an incoming calls, okay? And so the backend communicates to the client that an incoming call has been arrived and the client make an answer to it and uh, it can also speak with the server through a REST API. For example, after answering the call, he, the user can put the call in, um, in, in a holding state, calling a REST API to the server, which, to the server Node.js, of course, which in turn send the command to the asterisk to put it in the old state or to hang up it. Okay. 
And um, this is possible because Asterisk PBX provides different kinds of interfaces to communicate with it. And uh, it uh, has been changed during the years, of, of course, because Asterisk exists from uh, since many years ago. So, for example, the interface that the Node.js server uses is the MEI, that is an Asterisk Manager interface. Simply speaking, is a TCP connection with it, a Telnet connection. And once you have, you have authenticated with it, you can send the command and receive the events. So, uh, the backend, uh, I spent some words more technically on the backend because um, we, uh, we have used uh, an, an, an NPM module to make it uh, in a very modular way. This module is about um, different many years ago, to 2013, and is called Architect. And it's, uh, it's a part of Cloud9 project that is an IDE, and a complete online ID, C9, that uh, has been acquired in 2016 by Amazon. So really? You were yeah. uh, very interesting. Have you ever talked about with the Cloud9 folks back then? Uh, no. Okay. Well, one of the, the, uh, one of the lead developers of yeah. uh, Cloud9 uh, recently joined uh, of Cloud9, you know, back in 2020. 2012, 20, 2011, something like that. Uh -huh. Then he just joined Near for a few months ago. Wow, great. <laughs> okay, so that does keep going. Sorry to interrupt, but it was find it fascinating. So it's part of Cloud9, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have used uh, one of uh, their uh, module that is called Architect. Uh, so using it, you can make uh, your application very modular. Similar to Fastify, but Fastify is, I think, that it uh, obviously is more recent. So I think that is more easy to use. But with Architect, you can specify your architecture by plugin. And we, uh, in our project, uh, we call the plugins using the term module. Okay, so we have different about thirty-six CTI modules. So, um, for example. You can each module uh, is composed by a package, a file that is called package JSON. So using JSON format, you describe your module and you describe what the module uh, are going to consume and what uh, the module provides to other components, of course. And uh, then there is an entry point that is still uses the syntax of architect, and uh, we uh, have developed. Uh, uh, our model in uh, in in a way that uh, we can we can easily switch to another framework in the future. So we have written some small piece of code with syntax of architect, and uh, the rest of code remain independent from it. But so the backend uh, is sta starts with um, with a single file that loads automatically loads all the plugins present in a subdirectory. And there is also a complex mechanism to, to have a reload of components because, as you know, the, uh, this field is particularly, uh, is particularly important because during the day in your installation, you can't restart the server in, uh, in whatever moment you want because the call is running and uh, restarting the server you 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 can um, 
you you end up all the calls and this is not to happen of, of of course so there is also a complex mechanism to reload all the components and uh, to synchronize the reload of components because uh, uh, at the end of that uh, the server communicates with the client telling them that the reload has been finished and so the clients can reload all the important information so come back to to the architect and um, different modules uh, has been developed from uh, for example the management of alarms the management of uh, the authentication of course and also the authorization and the difference is that authentic with authentication you can authenticate your user simply by using the user and password and um, using also some authentication token calculated with them and uh, the different with authorization is that um, Using authorization, you can specify a profile of permissions for each user of the system. So you can, um, you can specify in a very granular manner what permission each user has. For example, you can provide the permission uh, to a user to record the conversation or uh, to make a call or, the, or to make a phone book search. So, um, other components... Can I interrupt for a second, sorry, yeah. because the way you have described, it's very, very fascinating, especially for, for uh, James and me, because it's, um, uh, we normally, uh, you know, one of the things that we advise most of the time in Node.js is whenever there is an error in, the, in, a, in, a, in a Node application, the best thing to do is to um, shut down the process and restart. Yeah because it's uh, it's the only way to prevent uh, memory leaks from happening for example yeah. <laughs> and right. and and a lot of other things however in your case your deployment situation your deployment the way you how you are building your system you are actually forced to uh, not do that to keep going uh and it's it's really really i don't know it's a completely different environment. So have you ever experienced memory leaks or problems and or what type of strategy do you handle while having, uh, while having uh, you know, in case of errors, for example? Yeah, you are absolutely right. This is the very, the most important thing in our environment. You can't restart the server. And uh, unfortunately, it happened to me to have some memory leaks some years ago. Um, for example, I can remember a case when a customer tell me uh, saying that the application was um, unresponsive. Okay, so uh, I can I, I started to debug the problem, but uh, I can find it. So when I come into my office, uh, I started to study a little bit about that because uh, JavaScript for me, uh, not JS, of course is a great language but with it you have to to use it in a very in a very good manner because uh, the error is always uh, behind you of course today is uh, very more easy to develop in a right way with node.js thanks to different kind of frameworks but uh, coming back to memory leaks um, I've used uh, Flame Graph as I speak about that in um, in the last uh, conference about that, and um, I used Flame Graph. So I put it in production, and of course, uh, out of um, 
the, the office hour, you, you have to restart the server using a flame graph and um, generating some sort of traffic. For example, uh, I, <laughs> I generated a, a bunch of uh, fake phone calls because uh, the environment uh, was about a huge traffic of phone calls, about uh, 60, 80 contemporary calls, for example. And um, I have to say that now the application only run in one single core of CPU, in one single machine. It can in horizontal scale, but not vertical scale. So is in our roadmap also to, to enable the application to vertical scaling, but to now it runs in one single core of CPU. So if it um, uses 100% of CPU or more, of course, your process is uh, is not to go in, is not go, go in a good manner. So with Flame Graph and another tool called CPP, I generated a a, hu a huge number of uh, fake phone calls because CPP is a tool used to test and to generate a traffic of phone calls using the CIP protocol. As I already said, the CIP is used as a signaling uh, protocol to make the communication available. And uh, generating some sort of traffic, I can, I can discover a lot of uh, CPU usage in a particular case of uh, software that uh, I, I tried to, to fix it. For example, um, I don't want to make it uh, too complicated, so I can make an example. Uh, during the functioning of the application, the client uh, uses some REST API to have some sort of information, for example, the status of the extensions phones. For example, if, it, if they are free, if they are busy in a conversation or other kind of things. And in uh, this particular case, a, a particular REST API that returns all extension status was um, was very busy because it uh, it calculated at runtime all the status of the extension. So fixing it, uh, um, the the situation was uh, better. Then uh, this kind of problems uh, has been the base also for me to make uh, uh, a lot of improvements. For example, using uh, uh, Fastify. Uh, in the, the REST API communication. Oh, really? I don't know anything about this framework. Can you tell yeah. me something about it? <laughs> it's a strange thing that you don't uh, know. I know nothing. Fastify. I know nothing about it. So I let somebody else talk about it, right? That's it. Hey. Yeah, I have listened about it uh, a lot um, time ago. And uh, with this kind of problem, I thought uh, it's the right moment for me to, to test uh, this kind of framework, okay? Because uh, it was uh, very promising. And also after using it, uh, the production uh, is, um, has confirmed the, the better performance. Oh, really? How much, how much did you improve your, your production systems? Okay, I've tested it in my local virtual machine obtaining about 48% of improvements in terms of requests uh, per second, okay? But, and testing it in a 
production environment, for example, in a very basic machine on DigitalOcean provider, I've obtained 33% of improvement. So a very good situation. Well, let's thank all the developers of Fastify to improve that have improved to make your life easier and so on. Absolutely. Thank you, Matteo, and all the, of the community. <laughs> Thanks to the community. It's a great, great project that uh, I know also that uh, it's uh, an incubating project on uh, OpenJS Foundation. So congratulations to all of the community. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I can also go a little bit deeper on that because uh, we, I, I've made a different kind of experimentation. In a, in a first step, I replaced only the, the usage of Fastify on REST API framework and I've obtained a little bit of performance improvement. So thinking about that, I, I remember also that there is another very important component, a bottleneck on the Node.js server, that is an HTTP proxy. Because I have to say that the base of our product is a Linux distribution called NetServer that Netesis company has been started. Today, there, are, there is also a huge community, but uh, it was born by Netesis, and it's the base of all of our products. And it's based on uh, CentOS system. And so, for example, we deploy also our software through RPM technologies, through RPM packages using different repositories, of course. And um, so uh, on top of it, we have developed all uh, of our products. And um, so, um, simply speaking, um, the client of uh, our web application make the request to the web server Apache, which in turn redirect the, the requests to the Node.js server, to the HTTP proxy of Node.js server, which in turn redirect the request to the specific components that is involved. For example, a REST API component, but there are also WebSocket communication, TCP communication, IPC communication for, uh, to have a local command line interface, and so on. So uh, then, as a step two, I replaced also the Node.js NPM HTTP proxy to use a plugin of Fastify, and uh, at this step, we have obtained uh, bigger improvements of performance. I would like very much to also to migrate the entire architecture with this framework, but uh, to now it's a little bit uh, difficult because we have a lot of work, of course, and uh, we are in total of 33 employees divided in different sections in uh, our company. Only eight developers we have. And uh, we have also uh, other kind of software. We integrate different kind of open source project into our system and maintaining it from a groupware to security and to a spot. Yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> I do have a question there. I, uh, why yeah. Apache and not uh, like Nginx? Yeah, because uh, we, uh, as I already said, that uh, we have different kind of uh, projects. We have to maintain different projects behind the Apache web server. So for example, we can't expose the HTTPS port directly for one single web application. And also because um, Apache uh, has been started 
from um, the beginning. It, it is present from the, since the beginning. So uh, we never uh, experienced other uh, kind of uh, web uh, server as Nginx, but uh, probably in the future we can experiment some kind uh, with it. But uh, in this case, we have to maintain dif uh, two different web server with uh, two different configuration with, uh, you know, uh, to maintain uh, two different server, you have uh, a, a double of uh, work, of course, for uh, to fix bugs, to, to upgrade it, uh, to have a security fixes and so on. So, for example, behind it, we have a CTI application, we have a groupware, we have uh, an interface to simplify the configuration of the server uh, based uh, on uh, other kind of open source project. Fantastic. Really, really interesting. Uh, so, uh, one of the things that I just wanted to, to say is that, so when I was developing that HTTP proxy, it, it has a, a, very, a very interesting story behind. And it's so interesting, so nice that it came popped up here because I really want to tell the story. So I'm taking that total advantage of doing that right now. So uh, what happened in that, uh, at that time was we were working with a client and the client needed to do some, you know, uh, routing and modification of the request response. And they were doing that with Node.js and they were suffering from several significant performance problems. And they were using another module, not that HD proxy one, another one still. There are, there are a few doing the same online. And one that is, you know, really slow. And they were actually doing a few hundred of requests per second at best. And they were they, they went up to James and myself. We were doing some consulting and they said that they could uh, rewrite the full thing in, in Go and yeah. uh, and uh, have uh, the, all the performance that um all the performance that they needed just just by by doing in go so well at that point in time i said well uh, we should just get make it work and make it fast right so yeah. might, the typical approach to those problems is to, to sit down and write things and make them run fast and that that's what i did so and that's how fastify gtp proxy was was born and um, some of the quirks are there. I ended up even to get some of the best. I don't know if you're using these or not, Alessandro, but to, to get the best out of it, it's um, it's. Uh, I also write up. We also wrote our own HTTP client uh, internally because the node one was actually a bottleneck and was actually too slow. So we actually ended up writing our own HTTP. HTTP 1.1 client because it was not fast enough. Anyway, this is fun. This is just a funny story about this conversation. I didn't expect this happened. So that's just really great, by the way. Very nice and interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very, very interesting to know also the story is always fascinating me to, to also know the story behind the, the softwares. Yeah. And uh, you usually are not uh, so, so no. Uh, when, uh, when I come to some sites, uh, telling the story behind the software, the story that uh, the company has with a customer, I always read it. O also, when uh, I don't have enough, uh, enough time. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very interesting. It's also part of why we are doing this, this podcast on, how, you know, on exploring users of JavaScript that are very, very interesting. 
Yeah, it's a very good idea. So uh, I just have uh, uh, one uh, one more questions. When we were chatting on setting up this podcast, it was you mentioned that you were going to um, uh, open source some components in the coming weeks from where we are recording. So it probably will probably be open sourced already when this gets published. So what's, what are the new components that are going to get to be public? Yeah, uh, it's uh, an old idea coming from um, a camp because uh, in our company every year we have a, a camp where we uh, where all employees discuss about every topics that uh, can arise. So the idea was to to make some components of the Node.js server in, in an open source manner. And um, the time has passed and uh, the, today is the right moment uh, to open a subcomponent. And uh, the subcomponent in question is the, I think, the most important one that we have discussed, the asterisk proxy. And uh, why this is uh, the most important one? Because um, uh, this uh, component offer an abstraction to the upper layers, okay? Remaining independent from the specific version of Asterisk PBX and independent from also a PBX because behind it, you can use Asterisk, you can use another PBX such as, for example, FreeSwitch, or you can use a newer version of Asterisk because also Asterisk have different version, of course, with LTS support and so on. So, uh, the asterisk proxy is between the asterisk PBX and the client interface, offering an abstraction. An abstraction of what? It, it receives some uh, native events from asterisk, it elaborates them in some manner, and it offers an abstraction, for example, of a conversation to the client, to the web client through uh, using JSON standard format, of course. So for example, you, you can receive an abstraction of a conversation telling you which are the involved parties of the conversation. If the conversation is recording, if the conversation is uh, busy, is uh, old, uh, is parking, and so on. Many other information, a lot of information. So uh, you can uh, deploy, you can develop a, a mobile application a web, a web client, we have different uh, developers that uh, have developed some kind of other application. And in the, uh, this kind of abstraction uh, enable, use, enable you to, have, to remain updated in the future, to remain uh, stable, to have a stable situation in the future. Okay. And uh, so we, we want, we would like, we are going to open this uh, subcomponent, and then as a second step, also to open the component that communicates via REST API with the web client. Okay, and after that, uh, obviously, uh, we, re we will release also uh, a detailed uh, documentation, of course, as happened with all kinds of open source projects. And uh, after that, you can easily use it also using NetServer Linux distribution because uh, today we have also released uh, an image on DigitalOcean so you can go on it and uh, simply have your NetServer Linux distribution 
simply by selecting an image and creating your virtual machine. So it will be very easy. Also because today there are um, just an open source version. Sorry to interrupt, Alessandro, but how do you yeah. interact with the actual phone from DigitalOcean? Ah, okay. You, for example, you install your virtual machine with NetServer, with uh, the future uh, release of uh, asterisk uh, proxy component. And then you can also attach to the system a physical phone. Okay. Simply configuring asterisk PBX, opening its, uh, its audio and video ports, and then you can simply connect your physical phone to the asterisk PBX. Of course, you have to configure your uh, physical phones. Otherwise, you can simply use uh, a WebRTC phone for, uh, and uh, you can uh, simply connect to the Node.js server. For example, today we, are, we have switched from CPML5, the old library, to use uh, another very famous and interesting open source project that is called Janus Gateway, made by some, uh, some guys here in, in Italy, in Naples. And Janus Gateway is a WebRTC gateway, very, very powerful, with a, with a server component and the Janus JavaScript library on the client. So, and this part is, uh, is just uh, open source today. You can go to our GitHub repository that is called the NetServer, and uh, you can just start to use it that is called NetServer Janus Gateway. And so it will be very easy to use. Fantastic. So it's time to it's time to wrap up, and I would just to thank you, uh, Alessandro, for joining and telling us a lot of how to use Node.js and JavaScript with um, Asterix and the world of PBX and all those things that are totally and all this is interesting stuff that you know we normally most web developers don't really talk about. Uh, it's very very it's all it's all very fascinating. Uh, I just, you know, thank you. Uh, thank you, Alessandro. Uh, I don't know, James, have you got anything you want to, to add? No, no, I was just listening intently the whole time. I mean, it's, it's, it's an area that I don't have a lot of experience with myself. So I learned a lot. So it's a fantastic conversation. Yay. So I just want to remind everybody that the Open OpenHive.js uh, podcast is available uh, on Apple, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course on anchor.fm slash OpenHive.js. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Fantastic. So, bye-bye, folks. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of OpenHive.js, the podcast for all things JavaScript from Nearform. Be sure to subscribe to OpenHive.js on your favorite podcast player. Join us next time for more insights and opinions from the open source and JavaScript communities. Until then, I'm James Snow. Thanks for listening.